If you're prepared to take your mortgage business to the next level, there is only one place to go. I love mortgage brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. This is I Love Mortgage Brokering Live. And on this episode, I have Steve Diment and Monica Parkin, and we're talking about goal setting. And both of them have had very good success with setting goals. Both of them had a slightly different strategies, but in the end, they are actually incredibly effective. So I'm excited to have them on the show. And just so you know, so this is a new format for us. Live is actually a lot, a lot more challenging than I realized going into this. You know, when we recorded the shows in the past, we could edit them and cut them, and there's so many more moving parts. And so just bear with us. We will get this figured out. We are not giving up on this um, strategy and on this this technique. It's just going to take some time. And so we really appreciate you for checking this out and check out this episode with Monica and with Steve. I think you're totally going to dig it. Hey, Monica, how are you? Good. How you doing? Great. So, hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. I wasn't stressed out until you started talking about how stressful it is. Oh, and, well, yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> well, it's stressful for the guys here because they got all this. If I showed you the room, I should probably do a video and do like a walk around and show you all the stuff that they have to try to make this work. You'd be like, holy crap. And and when you're, you, it's just increased the level of complexity, which creates potentials for, you know, problems. So. Uh, it looks uh, awesome. You look like a news anchor. Yeah, there, so. <laughs> news anchor. Fake news. This is fake news right now. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I'm going to do this in two parts. I'm going to have you on first as a guest. So it's like a two. It's like a double header guest to guest. And I'm going to talk to you about. I want to find out about you and about how you set goals and some of the successes you've had. And then I'm going to talk to Steve Diment, and then we're just going to maybe the three of us can share a little bit about you know a discussion. And then we'll also take any questions from the audience. And so anybody in the audience, if you want a chance to win a I Love Mortgage brokering mug you can do that but you have to ask a question so you have to interact with us and we will you know we'll select one person that will get a mug so if that's something you want to get and you can't get them in stores so but why don't you introduce yourself monica and just tell us about how long you've been in the mortgage business and then we'll we'll roll into this topic yeah you bet hey scott i am from courtney i'm with invest west coast mortgages over here in courtney I am just coming up to about a year and a half in the business. I uh, wrote my exam May two years ago, started about June, and I'm just I'm just loving every minute of it. So uh, having a great time. And what were you doing before you got into the mortgage business? 2000 to 2008, I was with the federal government, and then I left there to start my own business as a canine reproduction, so in veterinary medicine, which is completely different from mortgages. But it, it's it's my, another my dog is currently business, pregnant, right? so, and my dog is currently, and my and we have three kids, and and it's created some interesting discussions about the dog that's pregnant, and uh, so anyway, canine reproduction I, was your specialty. I bet. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Okay, so, keep going. Uh, very differing fields, but uh, but yeah, they're all relationship fields, right? Yeah. Cool. And then so a year and a half. And so I wanted to get you on the show because you and I were talking and we were just talking about goal setting and you had shared with me some some of the uh, successes you've had and how you've been doing it. So I just wanted to, you to tell me about that. So how do you currently set goals? Yeah. So what I started doing, what I found is you know, I was always told to write goals in a journal, write them in a book. And we were talking a little bit about, we're both a little bit ADD sort of in a way, right? I have a hard time sticking with, with the same thing. So what I found is I've got a big whiteboard in my room and I just write stuff down on that board, little stuff, big stuff, whatever. And then every day when I walk by it, I see it. And then when I've completed a goal, I circle it, put some stars, some happy faces, whatever. I pop a picture of it and I store it in my album. So then when something comes up, that I'm nervous about, I'm lacking confidence or something I, I just worried about. I just go back and I flip through all those things I completed and just 
all my worry drains away. I'm like, man, that worked out. That worked out. That worked out. This is like nothing. This is a little speed bump. All that other stuff worked out. So for me, just to be able to snap a picture and follow it away and, and just write on my board as I'm walking by, I just found that an easier thing for me to do than to sort of open a journal every night and look through it and write in it. So Right. I love that idea. You know, there's a, I heard a story about Bill Gates. He does something similar. So he had a book and in his book, like a journal, he would write down all these successes he had. And so when he was going into a meeting where he felt really nervous, he's thinking, oh, you know, is this going to go well? And he's Bill freaking Gates to remind him of the successes he's had, he'd read through these things and go, oh, we did this and we did this. You know what? I can do this too. And I love that idea of a, basically a memoir of past successes to keep you, because let's be honest, there's times you're going to be afraid. Like you're going to be, oh, is this yeah. going to work? And and so getting that, having the, looking back and going, oh, those things worked out. And, and I think that's genius. So good for you. Yeah. And, totally changes your perspective once you once you have that in front of you yeah, yeah that's great that's a great concept and so then uh have you ever set any goals that you thought were unrealistic yeah you know we i was looking because you sent me some questions ahead of time and, and how do you know if a goal is unrealistic and you know i was thinking about that and back when i was working for dnd in 2000 everyone's goal then was to get in 20 years and get your pension right and i think what i decided is goals that are unrealistic are goals that don't fit your passion and that didn't fit me so i that's one goal I never achieved because it didn't resonate with me, right? Like I have this entrepreneur brain and I don't want to go and work nine to five. And so the only goals that I've never been able, that haven't worked for me that I thought were realistic are goals that didn't fit with my personality. So I think if it's, if it's something you're passionate about, it's something you want to do, the sky's the limit. There's no goal you can't achieve, but setting a, that doesn't resonate with you. That's not your passion is, is a hard thing to do. So uh, I end up, you know, leaving, leaving the public service to, to be self-employed. And it's the best thing I ever did. But right. for me to set a goal to stay there for 20 years was, was not a good goal for me. So that was my dad. He was depart. He was D and D for 20 years and yeah. then he left. And, yeah. but yeah, but it, teach their own, right? Whatever. What, but you're right. If you don't, you got, and I always no, think you gotta have a why, what's the why, why do I, this is my goal, but why do I want it? Why does this matter? And there's times when I look back at the why to keep myself Exactly. Yeah. It's wanting it, I guess. And things that you can control, right? It'd be lovely for me to have the goal of world peace, but that's not something that's physically it, in my control. Right. So I choose goals that I have some control over. That's so, true. That's yeah. like, yeah, I, I could yeah. set a goal. I want to be six feet tall, but it ain't going to happen anymore. It's just, <laughs> yeah, Unless right? there's a medical so, procedure that I'm unaware of that could, you know, all of a sudden you, I'm six feet tall, which would be rad. So can you share an example of a goal that you had achieved that was went quicker than you expected? Yeah, you know, when I actually first started in this business, one of the things that I was really afraid of is parents, right? Parents coming in and trying to control the whole mortgage process. So I had this client and his and he said my we couldn't get him to do it alone. We had to do it with a co-signer. So mom and dad came in and it was like winter is coming, right? Like it was just no response, no nothing. Everything was negative. The next day it was like, I don't understand why I went to a mortgage broker. I've been going to my bank for 30 years. We could just walk in there and get a mortgage. We don't have to go through all these hoops, blah, blah, blah. So I went home and I wrote it on my board. I'm like, these parents are going to love me. And I wrote happy faces and smiles. And, and I looked at that every day. And instead of being afraid of talking to them, which is what I would normally do, and just talk to the son and let him filter it down, everything that came up and, and a lot of stuff came up. It was just, it was a hard file and every day there was a new challenge. So I talked to them and I, I talked to him and I made a point of talking to mom, even though I was, I was terrified to do that. And it finally closed. And a month later, mom phoned me and she said, do you mind if I buy you lunch today? Could we go out for lunch? Yes. And I was like, oh my God, seriously. <laughs> and she was like, you know what? 
this is, I, I was really worried about this process, but I had no idea what a mortgage broker did. And you seem so knowledgeable and you got so much information. I've just got some more questions. My daughter's thinking about buying. I wonder if we could just sit down and you could run through them with me. And like, that was like the best thing ever. And I thought that would take me years to, to get through that goal. And it just, it was like, bam, a month later. And I was like, it happened. Wow. I find that this is something I learned from Bernadette Laxamana. She tells me that she says, you basically change the story you tell yourself, which changes the way you feel, which changes the way you act, which changes your result, which is what you did. You changed the story from, I'm going to, you know, this, I don't really want to, these parents are stressing me out to these parents are going to love me, which then the way you felt changed, which changed the way you acted, which changed your results. So I think that's fantastic. And I, I, that's something I try to do all the time when there's something that's like, this is a bad story. I'm telling myself, what's a better story. And then try to reorient my thinking. So a good for you. And that's, and I found too, the same thing. If you can meet with the parents and win them over, you like, that's, I'm like, bring the parents as much as possible. Yeah. You, you want to, you want them there and because I, they're decision makers. And if you don't get their in input, it could affect you. Right. Yeah. And I love talking to parents now. Like I used to be terrified and now, yeah, same thing. Give your dad my number, bring them in. Like I, I, I actually look forward to it. So it's been a, a 350, a 365. Three, yeah. Three, well, 360 is in the same place. One eighty. You want to yeah. call it a 180 because the 360 means you just did this like right back where you started. I'm just messing with you. Cause you, you my kids going to laugh if they hear this. They're yeah. like, you did, yeah. I did a 360 mom. It's like, okay. I got math kids. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. do you, when you set goals, do you share them with others? Cause there's kind of two trains of thought. Some people say you should set goals and share them to be more likely to have them achieved. And other people are saying, no, you shouldn't. So what's your, what's your take on that? Some I do. And some I don't, if I feel like it's a goal, someone's going to squash, you know, like when I was working in the public service and I said, I want to, I want to leave early. Everyone was like, you're an idiot. It's 2008. The economy is in collapse. Like, why would you do that? And at that point I was like, okay, I'm not sharing the school anymore, but little goals, like, you know, I want to spend more time with my family, you know, whatever those things are, I'll put them right out in a public space. And, you know, the kids will doodle on it. They'll add happy faces. So goals that we can all share in, I share with everybody goals that I think someone might want to squash a little bit. I'll keep those to myself until, until they've happened. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. Um, Cause I've heard some studies say that if you, there's something psychological that happens. If you share a goal, some, some people say that you're more likely to actually follow through. And other people say, if you share a goal that you're, you get the same psychological benefit as if you'd already achieved it. So then you don't actually go achieve it. So I, I kind of do the same. I do it half and half. Some of my goals I'm going to share. Some of them I'm just keep to myself and I just write them down myself. Very personal sort of thing. And then how often do you review goals? So if you have got goals that you write down, how often are you looking at them? Every day. I walk past them every day. And that's why I went to using a board instead of using a book. Because in a book, I would forget to open it. With the board, it's it's like right in my bedroom every morning when I'm getting up and, and getting organized. I look at it every single day when I walk by. And I, and I add stuff to it every day. And sometimes it's just a really simple thing. Like, I just want to get this file 100% broker complete today. And that goal might be done by the end of the day. But it just, it's kind of like when you go to the grocery store. If you bring a grocery list with you you'll pick up all the stuff on your list, right? For me, writing goals down is kind of like going grocery shopping. If I leave my list at home and I didn't make a list, I'm going to forget everything. If I've got a list, then when that opportunity comes up, my brain remembers it. And I, so, you know, I might see an opportunity and walk by it, but if it's on my list, then it kind of tweaks my, my brain to, to grab it and pay attention to it. I totally agree. I, I have a mortgage friend who set a goal for himself to make $700,000 in a year, which is a big goal for him. That's, that's a crazy yeah. goal anyway. And he had it written on his mirror and all these places. And his wife was like, 
uh, you know, this seems kind of weird. You know, we've people come in the house and, and, but then when his income started going up, she's like, that's okay. You can leave that goal up on the, you know, the mirror. It seems to be working. So keep writing, uh, keep writing. Yeah. Yeah, let's put an eight there. You know, maybe we can make it eight instead of seven. So uh, I think that yeah. there is something about keeping them front of mind so that when the opportunities come up and, and you'll actually see them for opportunities instead of just maybe distraction or noise. Right. So that's, totally. that's really good. Yeah. Okay. So, and, uh, well, can you share a goal right now that you have sh- that one of your goals that's shareable? Can you share one with us? Cause we'd love to hear it. Yeah. And it's, and it, we're, I'm working on it right now. So beginning of the year, uh, October, I guess you asked me if maybe I wanted to come and do a podcast and I kind of freaked out and had a little panic attack, like, Oh my goodness, I can't do that. You said, put it on your board, make it a goal. So I did. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, this Toastmaster ad comes up that's been coming up every year for years and I've always ignored it. And this time, because it was on my board, I went, well, Toastmasters, I want to start doing some speaking. And so I signed up for that. And so here right now, I guess I'm working on that goal and it's something I want to continue to work on through the year and just being more involved in my industry. And how did it, how's it gone? How's it gone at Toastmasters? Awesome. I won an award two weeks in a row for best speaker. I'm just totally stoked. You're like, sweet. So much fun. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome that you that you set that goal. And then what's what advice you give to someone who's like, hey, all right, you know what? I Because there's stats on goal setting and, and I should have shared this at the beginning, but there's this Harvard study done and they, they, they had interviewed these Harvard graduates and they said, how many of you have goals? And of the and getting into Harvard, by the way, is like six out of 100 people who apply get in. So it's a very small number of people. And so these are pretty motivated people, but only, I think it was 80, 80 it was 13%, it was 84% of people didn't have any goal set. And then a 3% had written goals and the other 13% had goals, but they're in their head. And then fast forward 10 years later, they met up with those folks and they said, how are things going? And the people who had the goals in their head, their, their income on average, they checked a bunch of different categories, but their income was twice as high as the people who had no goals. And the people who had written goals, the 3%, their income was up to 10 times higher. So not to say that like, you know, it just shows the focus and your intention. If you're that dialed in and focused, I think it makes a big difference. And so totally. it, what, so what would your yeah. advice be for somebody who's going to set, who wants to set, be better at setting goals? I'd start with little things, like just start with little goals. Don't set a goal that I'm going to do 250 million a year. Set a goal that I'm going to develop one good relationship with one lender and I'm going to really work on making that a great relationship. And then, you know, when that's working, then move up to the next one and the next one. And then maybe I'm going to double my volume this year, whatever it is, or or I'm going to spend more time with my kids or I'm going to get up half an hour earlier, whatever it is, but start with a little goal, put it where you can see it, do it every day. And then it's not so much even the setting the goal, it's coming back and realizing when it's done, like paying attention when you actually did it, because anyone can set a goal. It's paying attention when you've, um, when you've actually achieved that goal and, and taking some time to notice it so that you build your confidence level and you want to do it again, because you kind of get a little high off of it and you want to go do it again. Yeah. And I, that's a good point. Actually, I think it's important to celebrate, right? You've got to celebrate those wins. And I have a tendency to, I I don't even look, I just move the goalposts. I hit the goal and then I'm like, okay, what's next? And then you, but you have to stop and go, okay, this was pretty awesome and let's celebrate, but don't, yeah, because I, I always have this fear that if I celebrate, I'll stay there too long and then I'll be like, oh, I've kind of, and start going backwards. But I think you do need a small celebration and then move on to the next, reset the goalpost. Yeah, I think it builds momentum when you celebrate. Then you're just more psyched up and you just want to do something bigger and better. Right? I, so, I, I remember yeah. when this was, when I was a kid and we played hockey and we had a really good hockey. My dad was the coach. So this is a funny story. And so my dad was like, he was our coach and I was the goalie for our team. And 
he we had we we dominated our whole league that year and so we had one game left to win the finals and it was against this team that we had never lost to like we crushed them every time we played and so my dad based on i don't know he had some his thinking was okay we're gonna have a celebration party but he gave us the party before the game so we had a big pizza party we were awesome. like we literally celebrated the win before we got destroyed in that game and we lost oh, and, no. and it was like so ever since then it's like you do not celebrate before the vic before the game is won because we all went out there and we were so confident that we were going to win we were not skating they came and they yeah. chewed us up and i was like oh my gosh so i to this day i still rip them but i'm like what were you thinking giving you us the reward. your chickens before they asked yeah, you're like dad yeah. what are you thinking man that's crazy that you put that you know you gave us the pizza party before we even won i guess it was just better for his schedule or something but Anyway, that's just uh, that's awesome. the side. That's funny. That's a great story. Okay, cool. I'm going to get Stevie D. I'm going to put you on pause here okay, for a bit. Cool. And I'm going to talk to Stevie D. I'm going to sit here and enjoy that show. I want to talk to you about okay. goal setting. And I've known you for many years. And I know you're very focused. And tell me about how you set goals. And because I'm going to, yeah, just go. Give her, Steve. For sure, buddy. So my launch off point was about 12 and a half years ago. I moved to Kelowna. And I moved there kind of under unusual circumstances. It was kind of a lull or a down point in my life. And I remember reading three books that had a massive, massive impact on me. So one was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. All of us have either read it or heard of it. Uh, another one was Tony Robbins' uh, Unlimited Power, which is a great book and super thick. And the other was uh, by Brian Tracy. It was just called Goals. And that was definitely my launch pad. It came at a time in my life where I really needed something because what I was doing wasn't working. And I actually, I got the book and read probably halfway through and actually bought the CDs back when people actually did that. And I put those CDs in my beat up Volkswagen for probably six months straight. So Brian Tracy has a CD that's uh, like a two-sider or two set. And I bet I listened to it 20 or 30 or 40 times over. So that stuff kind of got ingrained in me. So that was my starting point on my launch pad with really realizing the power of what intelligently set, regularly rehearsed, compelling goals could be. Okay, so to walk me through what, how did that start out? So what did you start doing after listening to Brian Tracy 40 times? What, was, what did that look like? For sure. So after, yeah, after I read that, I realized he was really big on take a fresh sheet of paper, set out your goals, and just write out, start. I mean, he's, he's very self-help, but you know, write out if your life was exactly how you'd want it to be in every area of your life, so health, relationships, marriage, family, finances, career, what would that look like? And so we write out a big scribbled paragraph and then eventually he says, turn it into sentences and make sure every sentence is in the positive personal present tense. So every sentence, every goal that you write should start with the word I followed by a verb. So it might be I weigh, I earn, I achieve, I own, I drive, uh, I learn. And uh, so I started doing that. And now I would say, I'll, I'll, I'll launch forward for a sec. One thing that he suggested, he suggested doing your goals like that. And so I'd write them out. And then I'd launch forward and he said, unlike other coaches I heard, write them out every single day without reflecting on the old list. So I started doing that too. I would write out my goals without checking on uh, yesterday's list. And what it became is it sort of ingrained itself into my being. You know, Jim Rohn says goals are like magnets. They pull you towards them. And we've all heard those studies that say you are like the top five people in your life because effortlessly and without even realizing it, you will sort of become like them. And I found that when I wrote out my goals and they kind of ingrained themselves deep inside me, it didn't take a lot of extra effort to be thinking about them, to be attuned about them, to spend some time. So to this day and at that point, 
I would write out my goals every single morning in a tiny little journal. It took me all of about 60 seconds. I've added something to it now, but, um, but that's what I've done with 80, 90% success for about the last 10 years. So it, it doesn't even take me more than maybe two minutes. Okay. So, and you still do that today or what? Cause I actually, that's something I learned just recently and I started writing down my goals. I found my top 10 and it was a Brian Tracy thing. And I would rewrite them every day and not look at the previous day's goals. And it's interesting. Some days I'm like, I can't remember what my goals are. And so it's like, was it really my goal or was it just something I thought should be my goal? But once you do them enough, now I can do, you can wake me up in the middle of the night and I could tell you my 10 goals. But when I first started, I constantly, Absolutely. I would constantly be like, Oh, what was that goal again? And so some, share with me some examples of things that you set that you are surprised that you actually were able to hit. Sure. I think that for a while in our mortgage career, so I was doing this for maybe, I've been doing it seven and a half years and I was doing it for maybe three or four years with a reasonable amount of success without the success I wanted. And one thing I realized that I definitely do now is on top of writing out those 10 to 12 goals, I will include a micro action step with each one. So if one of my goals, let's say one of my goals was to lose 15, so what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, okay, you're you're going to dumb that down for me. Dumb it down for me. For sure. For sure. So let's say someone writes a goal to achieve 50 million. They want to achieve 50 million. They want to do 150 deals, whatever it is. That's a great goal, but it's extremely long range. And sometimes it doesn't translate to motivation today when it's 8.15 and you're starting your day and you're wondering how you're going to get through it and if you're going to do what you need to do. So what I remember reading somewhere, it might have been Jim Rohn or John Asraf or something, but most goals require a few steps, but almost no goal has 365 steps. So if you break it down to one small daily activity where you can check off something that you did every day towards that goal, it makes a huge difference. So it might be something, as, and it could be 30 seconds, but it might be something as small as you really need to fix that small thing on your website, or you really need to improve a script or you really need to start automating your referral campaign when someone refers you. That one thing might take one to five minutes, but it's basically eating the elephant one bite at a time. So that's going to help you achieve that goal. So when I write down, I normally do about 12 goals, but four or five are going to be within the next one. How come you got to do 12? I'm only doing 10. I'm going to do 13 tomorrow. (laughs) It's like, you're going down, brother. I'm doing 13. 13 (laughs) Maybe I'm not even going to tell you the truth. The action steps with the missing piece. When I realized I had stalled out, I was still writing out my goals, but they were one, two and five years down the road. And it wasn't compelling me. And when I got back to maybe for your action steps, you say, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. And a 60 second action step is, my office was on the 10th floor. I'm going to take the stairs today. It's nothing life-changing, but it just creates a little bit of momentum for it. Or it's going to be, I need to have a better relationship with my spouse. And you probably so rest on the 5th floor, on. right, Steve? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> take a break. I rest to your time. <laughs> Go ahead. But, um, Sorry, I'm messing with you. Maybe it's your spouse halfway through the day. But the micro actions, I think, are sometimes the missing piece of data when we hear write out your goals. I think it can make it tangible in the day. Right. Okay. So now uh, you start to give me, so you said that you do the micro goal steps. So what other things have you found to be really effective? Cause you're a very focused guy. You're very organized and I know you're disciplined in sort of what you do, how you get your day going. So talk to me about some of the things you do there Absolutely. in order to be successful. Absolutely. So two things come to mind. Um, Hal Elrod in his book, Miracle Morning, super great, actionable book, kind of cheesy, but still worth reading for anybody in the ILMB community has this idea that the first hour of your day should almost be sacred space and you should spend it reading, journaling, exercise, writing out goals. If you're religious or stuff, doing scriptures or meditation or prayer, but basically you really are intelligent with that first hour of the day. 
And that's something I learned 12 years ago in Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins, and he called it an hour of power. Same idea. So there's a saying that the first hour of the day is like a rudder. So as the first hour goes, so does the rest of the day. I really try hard, probably with 80-90% effectiveness, of making sure that my first hour of the day from 6 to 7 is done doing all those different things, including goals. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I have a much better day, a much better week. I'm even a nicer husband or spouse or friend. I just am in a better headspace. And then the breakthrough I had a couple years ago was that I would do that Monday to Friday, but Saturday to Sunday was my takeoff days. Those were days I could just, and I realized it's that like made your cheat much day, Like your cheat days on your diet. Monday to Friday. Yeah, like I'm going to be a good husband Monday to Friday, but I'm going to take off Saturday to Sunday. Right? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So when I started trying my best to incorporate that seven days, I mean, I go on vacation. I just got back from an incredible mortgage conference. Shout out to my Ziva Peaks. And I didn't do it those days because I was up late and I was up early and stuff. But with 80 to 90%, starting that day with a power hour, including your goals, I think is huge. The second thing I did, and funny story here is, um, my two-part goals is what I talked to you about. It's also, I will write out a list of goals at the beginning of January. So I'm looking at my, I'm in my home office. I'm looking at the sheet I have. And so I have seven goals here, each with sub goals underneath them, covering all parts of your being, you know, your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, your career. And so I will put those around my house. So those are in my bathroom. Those are where I shave near the mirror. Those are in my home office. Those are in my car. In strategic but personal places, I pass by those goals 20 or 30 times a day. And I had a buddy who came to my house and saw them. And he's like, why do you put those up? I know you're big on goals. Why do you need to see them? Why does seeing them for one or two seconds make a difference? And I said, I'm so certain it makes a difference seeing them for one or two seconds. And the marketing industry proves that every day. Mm-hmm. We drive by billboards where people spend 10,000 bucks a year have an image that you see for one or two seconds. If that's valuable, then I'm certain it's valuable for us too. So my goals are written in different places in the house. So I see them multiple times a day. I actually had a funny story where I took them down. Six months ago, we had a cleaner who cleans our house and I knew her. And um, our industry is funny because of the incredible income that you can make. And a lot of our friends think we make a lot less or sometimes a lot more. And I was bashful that mine had my income on there and my net worth on there. So I actually took down my goals because I was worried that while she was cleaning, she'd see them and it'd be all weird. And then I realized, man, if I'm not committed enough to these goals that I'm worried about what Kate, the house cleaner, is going to see, then I need to give my head a shake. So I put them back up and Kate probably thinks I'm crazy, but um, but the goals are everywhere in those strategic spots. Right. That's really, really good. That's what Monica was talking about, how she puts them as well. She keeps them written so that she can see them all the time. Uh, what, tell me about a goal that you set that you achieved faster than you expected. I always like to know, I like success stories, just, you know, and then I'll ask about a failed goal, maybe. Sure. <laughs> sure. So I would say that 2014 was a breakout year for me in my mortgage career. And I think what made a difference is returning to those action steps and also changing it from outcome goal to a habit goal. So, I mean, there's, um, I think his name's BJ Fogg, and he talks about habits and he's super, way more educated than us mortgage brokers. But he talks about outcome goals versus habit goals. So an outcome goal is I want to weigh 185 pounds. A habit goal is I don't eat sugars. I stop my alcohol intake at three drinks and I exercise for 30 minutes a day, whatever. So when I started making my mortgage career about habit goals, rather than I want to fund a hundred deals, I made it about how many appointments I had, how many sales calls I would make, 
how many uh, pre-approvals I would touch base with. I started doing that in late 2014, and, and that that caused my uh, mortgage volume to triple. My deals to basically go from about 36 to 110, and that um, that was units. You mean you mean units, right? You're not saying 110 million. You're saying units, which is no, 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 unit. Unit. That was the that was the change. But that was easy as soon as I made it about my daily actions and less about some pie in the sky number for December thirty first. Well, you can control the action. The one thing you can't control is the result. So if your action is X number of phone calls or X number of meetings and you set a goal for those and you do them, you you will get the results. It's no different than doing exactly. you know, I'm gonna run every day for five kilometers. You know what? In a year you're gonna be a lot better runner than you are right now. And it's just, and I, I love that idea of setting them. Yeah. And I know, I know your whole biz background and your business and it was, you've done fantastic and continue to do fantastic with it. So, okay. Keep going, brother. Okay. okay what, so what's one that you okay. had, so, cause hard yeah, yeah. Hard one that you found, man, this one was actually more challenged than I thought. So I'm convinced that for me and maybe for others, relationship goals are trickier because I've learned over the last 10 years of when I set goals to make them as quantifiable as possible. Even if you sound like a total cyborg weirdo, when you're talking about how you want to grow in your relationship with your wife or grow in your relationship with your kids, that's on my goals. Like I have one on my list right now. And I used very emotional, intangible, unquantifiable years, words for so many years to sort of encapsulate where I wanted to be with my wife or my kids. And it made no difference. Mm-hmm. When you talk about like, I love my wife even more in 2016 than I did in 2015. Well, what's that look like? Right. I'm committed to my kids and their development. What's that look like? So I find relationships. It's hard to measure too, isn't it? Yeah. But, and, and you look like a weirdo. I mean, I'll, I'll share it with you when we get to it. You look like a weirdo when you write down a relationship goal in kind of a scientific and quantifiable way. Like I increased this by 50% or I double this, but. Yeah. Marriage um, satisfaction is up 10%. You know, that's like, what? That's, that <laughs> that's a hard. <laughs> yeah. Based on what the husband says, not the wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. always a different number. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's always a different number. Absolutely. But, so those are trickier. Relationship goals, I think are trickier, but I think for so many of us, they're actually what needs to be at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Well, especially since in this business, you know, it's so easy to be seduced just by you know going out, making money and doing the business. And so I, I love that you have to have family goals and and make them active even like you said make them habits so that you can actually instead of just something like we're going to have a better relationship because who knows what that means um, absolutely okay so can you share a couple of your current goals sure so the one i was talking about is um well, it's kind of personal only for IOMB, only for you guys. yeah it's don't worry there aren't uh, anybody's watching four. it all so like it's just like you me and like i don't know whoever else is on the internet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this isn't going on the internet, is it? No, um, so it's totally safe. I, my number four on my list is I improve as a husband and father in 2018 by doubling the free time I spend with my wife and kids on the evenings and weekends. Cool. And so, like I said, that doesn't sound very romantic. It's not very notebook of me, but that's a way that I can quantifiably look on a Sunday night. Yeah, I know how much time I normally spend with them. How can I double that? Okay, that's awesome. And uh, so it, yeah. it looks like if anybody has any questions they want to chat with us about, we'd love to hear from you. Apparently, the chat function is broken on Zoom, so I don't know what we did to it. But their Q and A thing works. So if you have something that you want to talk about, and Monica, so I'd want to come back to you. So tell me, like, uh, what are your thoughts on the stuff that Steve was sharing? Yeah, it just it all resonates with me. I would I would agree with him that outcome based goals are are not as powerful as breaking it down into the things that you need to do to get to that outcome. 
And, and another thing I agree with is putting some feelings with those goals. I know it sounds all woo-woo and emotional, and but when you say this would make me happy or, you know, like when I wanted those parents to love me, I didn't just say good relationships with parents. I went, I want the parents to love me, right? Like I want to be happy at the end of this transaction. So adding some of how you're going to feel into there, I think sort of gives you a, oops, a more clear vision. And, and the fact that, you know, that it just becomes effortless after a while, you know, doing goals at the beginning was hard. It was work and I had to focus on it. And now I don't even think about it. I get up in the morning and I go do my day and I look the next day and I go, oh, that one's done. Like, it's just right. it's so completely effortless once it's a habit. For me, I know, and Steve, you know me for a long time, how my ADD is like my nemesis, right? It's like, oh, look at this shiny object. And so uh, the having consistently, for me, I rewrite my goals every day. I have my top 10. I write down my top three things that I'm grateful for. So before I do it, before I even get out of bed, I think what's three things I'm grateful for. I try to prime myself for the day. And then I, when I get to work, I, I come in early and I do my 10 goals and write them down. And I use the positive, present, personal and I have been more focused in the last, probably, I don't know if you'd, you've said this to me before, but you've seen me more focused in the last six months than you have probably in the last six years. It comes down to having, for me, keeping it top of mind. And so if you struggle with focus, which a lot of us will do, then I think this is a great exercise. So anything else that you want to add, Monica or Steve, before we're done? Maybe Monica oh. first, then Steve. Oh, sorry. Sorry, no, just a gratitude thing too. That's something else that's on my list every day is just trying to make a list of everything that worked out that day that I'm grateful for. And it does, I'm, I'm a little bit, I, you know, I'm like, oh, squirrel, right? I'm a lot like that too. And, and it does, it keeps your focus and keeps you on the bright side of things. So okay. you don't so, bogged down in the negative. It looks like we lost Steve. So he, he's gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, li- the live format is going to take a little bit of work. I'm not going to lie. We're going to, we'll get it figured out. You know, I can't actually, I'm trying to zoom in on your video. I can't do it right now, Monica. So I apologize. Okay. It's for some reason. So anyways, we'll get the, the bugs worked out. So I really appreciate you got you and Steve taking the time to share with the Isle of Mortgage Brokering audience about uh, goal setting. I think that if we're in the business or where yourself, wherever you're at, you should set goals and don't make them just work goals. Work goals are great, but have some family goals, have some relationship goals, some health goals and uh, and review them, like keep them top of mind. Like you guys either put them on the wall, write them down a daily or do both. And I think that you're going to have a much better year. So just thank you so much, Monica, for your time and for being willing to share and i really appreciate you and keep crushing it and let me know how it goes with those toastmaster events that you're doing thanks for kicking my butt and telling me to put that on my board and thanks for having me and uh it's been really great thank you. okay take care thanks everybody for checking this out thanks for listening if you like the show please head on over to itunes and leave us a review if you do you'll get three deals in the next week Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.